Peter, are you ready to start this podcast? Peter? Peter? Huh. Maybe there's something wrong with my computer. Oh my god. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't ready yet. Oh, God. See, this is why doing it live is better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Hello, and welcome to the Interstate Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, a.k.a. K-Slugs. My name is Peter, a.k.a. Jack Skellington. It's almost Halloween, y'all. Yeah, and we are back, better than ever, with a brand new episode on, not exactly Halloween, but for Halloween. But before we get into the game, we have a couple of announcements to get through. Um, the first one being, I got a new mic, so I sound much better than previously, as you guys might have heard some of our episodes where are like, what's, what's, what's going on with K-Slugs? Is he a robot? Like, you know, what's going on there? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I bought a new mic, new mic cable, which was really the problem, but I thought, hey, why not uh, get a new mic in the process? Shout outs to your friend Arn or Aaron from the Easty Boys. Um, go check out their podcast if you haven't already, but I'm sure you probably have. Um, so yeah, now you got some higher quality and sonorous sounds coming from me. The sonorous sounds of K-Slugs are not to be missed by anybody. And that's the main purpose of our show really is to bring the sonorous sounds to the people. The second purpose of our show is to bring t-shirts to the people. We are doing a t-shirt giveaway on Twitter. We hit 50 followers uh, pretty recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kev, you actually made an announcement about this on Twitter a little while ago, but that was a pre-announcement, uh, which you know I love very much. This is the <laughs> real announcement. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are giving away a free t-shirt of your choice, you being uh, the winner. So the way you enter the contest is that uh, on Monday, Kevin will make a tweet announcing the official beginning of the giveaway. And uh, everyone will have until Friday at noon Central Time to retweet and follow the podcast and everyone who is a follower and has also retweeted that tweet by that time will be in a random drawing to win and if you win a if you win the drawing then we will message you and of course we'll announce it uh publicly if you want that (laughs) if you want to be recognized for your for your efforts and uh we will get in touch with you probably via twitter dm and uh you will be able to tell us what shirt you want the color size all that stuff and also if you want you can tell us your shipping address and so we can just order it for you and we won't have to deal with like people paying people back or anything like that just keep it simple we can ship the shirt straight to you you can wear it with pride show off your ig love to everyone you know and um spread the word like we know you guys love to do and uh yeah so kevin will make that tweet on monday Mm -hmm. and we'll also include the details in that tweet so you don't have to necessarily remember them from this podcast but uh yeah we're excited to do this we are excited to have 50 followers and we're also excited to have fun merch to give away that's something that we had been working towards for a while Mm. and now we got it yeah i'm excited for the giveaway as well i can't wait to see the smiling faces well we may not ever see the smiling faces but potentially (laughs) the smiling faces of the lucky winner i can't wait until i rig the contest and win another shirt yeah i know right Uh, (laughs) or or, uh anybody who with a nice donation incentive i'm just kidding (laughs) um but yeah, so that's exciting. Um, Peter, guess what? What's that? We have a question 
from one of our avid fans, and we know him well, Mr. Z-Link himself, a.k.a. Chris. Oh, shit, what up? <laughs> he asked us, if you could add one or two characters from any franchise to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, who would it be, and what would their moveset be like? If you had asked me this question, like, a year ago, I would have had a bunch of good answers for you. <laughs> but now with Ultimate just having everyone under the sun, I feel like, um, I just don't know who I want anymore. I, this is kind of a, this isn't the best answer, I don't think, but as you know, I'm a fan of the custom Robo game for the GameCube. And uh, I think a custom Robo would actually have a decent amount of potential in Smash Brothers. They are very agile and they have um, either multiple jumps or like air dashes, which could function sort of like air dodges. Um, and they're very, I mean, they're entirely projectile-based for the most part in their own game. They do have, like, one melee attack. But I think it'd be cool to have a projectile-heavy character that's kind of good at, like, darting around the screen, maybe in multiple different directions, and uh, kind of sticking to ranged combat. I think that might be interesting. Yeah, um, kind of like, well, I guess Young Link kind of works on that principle, but he's just, yeah. yeah. But he, he doesn't slide, he just kind of jumps. Um. I would like to see, well, I think it's pretty obvious for most people that know me, Banjo-Kazooie. And I don't want to delve too much into why I want that or the plausibility of that. Um, but and some other characters I'd like to see are Boo or Shy Guy or Waddle D. I I feel like some of those like minions mm-hmm. are very underrepresented in Smash Bros. Whereas we have like... Bayonetta and Snake, like I was like, why? Why are we going there first before we go with like Boo or Shy Guy or something like that? I think for the for the minions, as you call them, I think maybe moveset pool might be a factor because mm. a lot of those enemies, as far as I'm as far as I'm aware, they don't have necessarily the most like numerous or distinct attacks. They just kind of damage you by like being there <laughs> most of the time. So I mean, they could definitely do it. Like I mean, they made a whole moveset for Duck Hunt Dog for crying out loud. Yeah. So um, they're certainly. They they could certainly do it, but I I can kind of see the other side where they would choose fighters that maybe are less storied in Nintendo's history, but have like more obvious or exciting movesets. You know what I mean? Yeah, I also think Skull Kid would be pretty cool. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's one that people have been wanting for a long time as well. Yeah, it makes sense, especially yeah. since everybody has like that hero villain vibe going on. Yeah, that's a good answer. I like that answer. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Peter, what game are we talking about today? Or yeah, why don't we treat our fans to some almost meat and potatoes? Meat and potatoes. These are going to be very spooky Mm. meat and potatoes. This is our Halloween-ish episode. We did play a extraordinarily frightening, scary game (laughs) for you guys. I was, I was uh, making a mess of myself the whole time. It was just that scary. Uh, This game is a game that a lot of people listening probably know and love. It is none other than Luigi's Mansion. (laughs) I love that theme. We're probably going to be doing more of that in the audio section (laughs) when we get to it. But yeah, Luigi's Mansion, this is a GameCube classic. A certified player's choice game, which means it ships more than however many units. Ah. came out in 2001 as a launch title for the GameCube, which I had actually forgotten. I think I knew that at some point, but uh, I was doing my research, and it was a launch title, so um, very uh, very much a pace setter for the early days of the GameCube. I know a lot of people who have enjoyed this game, but I'd never played this game. I barely even knew what the game was 
until I played it. How about you, Kev? Did you like have experiences with this game growing up or at any time? Uh, no, I I've never played this game before, but I do remember seeing commercials of it on TV and them really driving home the point that this is like a like Luigi's game. Luigi finally getting a game, and he's like, you'd see in the commercials he like suck up ghosts or like uh, maybe the object is to save your brother. Mario. Yeah. And so so I, I was really eager to delve into it and play it. I think before I was just kind of very meh about it, but ever since like playing all these games and like putting this one into the mix, I was very excited to give it a try. So I can't wait to give everyone my thoughts. Yeah. Speaking of that, you want to get right into the spooky, scary meat and potatoes? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. <laughs> Not exactly scary, but we'll we'll roll with it. So I will give the. Uh, I'll let you start after I give the the basic premise. How does that sound? That sounds good. Cool. So uh, as Kevin mentioned when he was talking about the commercial for this game, you do play as Luigi, um, working your way through the titular mansion, sucking up ghosts in a vacuum. Uh, you have to suck up all these ghosts and uh, boos, especially, which are kind of like special villains in this game in order to rescue Mario, who has been trapped by King Boo himself, into a painting. So, during your quest to search for all these boos and uh, vacuum them and eventually make your way to King Boo, you also encounter other ghosts, ghosts who are, like, people who are residents of the mansion, I suppose. It's never made entirely clear. Um, Well, I guess it is, because some of the ghosts are, like, in their bedroom. So I guess it is pretty clear that they are residents of the mansion. Um, But yeah, that's kind of the basic premise. Um, Kevin, do you want to start with your thoughts on the gameplay? Yeah, I think a perfect place to start is with kind of the elephant in the room, so to speak. The controls. At least what I think is the elephant in the room. It could not be an elephant. It could end up being like a very small mouse. But I thought the controls of this game were kind of weird. Um, especially in regards to the C-stick and the flashlight. I, I just It wasn't very smooth for me. I don't know why I had so much trouble with it, but yeah, I don't know. Just moving the C-stick up and down, the controls were inverted, and so you couldn't change that option, at least to my knowledge, or there wasn't any real good place to for me to see that you could change that. Um, so that that was kind of a bummer. Um, I often found myself like struggling at times to turn the flashlight the right way and at the right time to catch a ghost. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I don't know. I kind of had a lot of trouble with that. What about you? I agree with the C-stick part especially. Um, I, I, I'm fine with the inverted controls. I'm used to those. But um, I, I just think the problem was like, it, it's kind of weird to know exactly where the flashlight is aiming because it is kind of a... Yeah. Because it is like a broad thing, you know? And and just the perspective of the game is kind of like that three-quarters top-down view. It's like almost... or it, It's almost straight on, rather, not top-down, but a little bit angled from the top so you can kind of see you know, what's going on. I, I think the camera angle definitely has a lot to do with why the controls are weird. Yeah. And there are the two options. There's the sidestep mode and the regular mode. I used regular the whole time. I kind of dabbled with sidestep, but I didn't feel like it was doing all that much for me. And uh, basically that just determines whether your C-stick movement is like relative to Luigi or not. That's kind of uh, what it changes. Um, but I, I certainly found the controls weird. And I, I found that some of the some of the mechanics that they integrated into the controls were also kind of weird. Um, the one that stuck out to me the most was when you're vacuuming a ghost, and if essentially you reel them in like a fish by pressing both of your mm-hmm. joysticks away from them, 
uh, repeatedly, kind of like mashing in a direction, if you will. And uh, I found that to be really tedious to do over the span of the game. And um, I also found it not rewarding because oftentimes the ghosts, the ones that had higher HP, they would escape anyway Like when, while I was doing that well. And I don't know if it's random or scripted or maybe I was messing up, but it didn't feel like I was. And so for me to be like doing this pretty repetitive and kind of tiring motion while reeling in a ghost, only for the ghost to escape anyway, was just kind of like, you know, like, really? <laughs> yeah. I watched a couple speed runs of it, and they seem to have the technique down pretty... Like there, I think there is like a technique to it. Um, so that's kind of cool that there is like a better way to do it, I guess. Um, yeah. But I did. I actually really found that the mechanic of reeling them in really fun. Like that part was actually kind of fun for me, in that it was kind of like you're pulling against them to try to pull them in. Like there's some resistance, and you're not just holding a button. I'm glad they did it that way instead of just the button and then you chasing them around. Because I think that would have been kind of boring. I think that my main problem lies in the fact that it benefits you to like keep flicking the stick backwards. I think if you just and you can just hold the sticks backwards and it works, but it doesn't work as fast. But I think that if they had just kept it to where you could hold the sticks and like that would be the best option, I think that would have been better because the ghosts still move around erratically and you still have to like track their movement. So there's still a challenge to it. It's just that I think they kind of went overboard with like making it more challenging. Hmm. With that, uh, with that repeated flicking motion. Yeah, there's a as most people already know, there's a Luigi's Mansion too. So I'm 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 actually really excited to play that game in the future. Um, I kind of want to see what they did with the mechanics there. I probably should have done some research and see if there's any different um, difference there, and probably if there's any feedback from other people about the controls. But I found, yeah, like the flashlight, I found really annoying, and I think you did too. But I think. We have a little bit of a difference on like reeling in the ghosts, which is fine. I mean, it's just different perspective there. But yeah, I, I found it decently fun. I mean, it's not like, oh, this is the most amazing game ever when I'm reeling in a ghost, but it was kind of fun. So um, yeah, I also, let's see, I like the creative puzzles that were in the game. Yeah. Kind of like searching the mansion and kind of like figuring out what to do. It was never, I mean, sometimes it cut, got kind of stale, but you kind of knew... Like it never told you where to go, but you had a pretty strong idea of where to be to find out how to get to the next part. And so I thought I thought that was really fun. Well, it does tell you where to go because whenever you get a key, it'll uh, your map will tell you yeah what door the key unlocks. But if you don't have a key, I guess is what I mean. Like if you're searching for a key, there are some instances where you have to just go in a room. And I finally eventually figured out uh, the map and how the map works. Um, and it's color scheme. I'm like, oh, this means I haven't been here, and I should probably go here. Yeah, the map is certainly an important mechanic that's worth talking about and works really well, I found. Um, it's pretty easy to pull up and uh, check around and see where you are, and as I said, the game does help you by telling you what key or what door each key unlocks, but uh, as you said, until you get that key, you are kind of left to your own devices. Usually, it's pretty easy to figure out because like, there will be a room that you haven't been in or that you haven't cleared all the ghosts from, and like it should be fairly clear that that's the room for you to get your key from. Otherwise, it was pretty fun using the uh, the Game Boy Horror, as they called it, instead <laughs> of the Game Boy Color. That was yeah. definitely a fun touch. This game has a good sense of humor, and that's something that I will want to talk about in uh, content for sure. Um, there's also the first-person 
scanning mechanic where you can switch to Luigi's eyes and actually see like every surface of the mansion instead of looking through like the the cutout like you usually do. And uh, you can use that first person scanner to the, the main purpose is to scan some of the uh, the portrait ghosts. They're ghosts that are kind of like mini bosses in a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you scan them, they will give you a subtle hint as to what their weakness is. And uh, that's a pretty fun little mechanic. And it's definitely a good way to like admire some of the detail in the mansion when you get to switch to first person mode like that. And uh, it also gets into the puzzle element that you mentioned earlier about um, having to figure out how to capture these ghosts because they don't just tell you straight up. And each ghost normally has a pretty different way to to make it weak to catch it. And so that's something that I think the gameplay benefits from as well. Yeah, and they all have different personalities, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they did a good job with that, I think. Yeah, I agree. And also you could use the, uh, whatever that thing is called, yeah, where you're like, you're using the Game Boy Horror like in the first person <laughs> mode. Uh, whatever that's called, um, you can use that to like scan, like, like he's not just ghosts, but like uh, random areas that like you can get Sucked in a hole through. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. weird, but, but yeah, that's a thing. I really like the way that you can uh, scan a mirror and then it'll like kind of oh yeah, you back to the beginning. That's super useful. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I wish there were more mirrors. Honestly, I wish there were mirrors that would teleport you to other mirrors instead oh, yeah. of just taking you back to the front. Because um, one one big problem I had with this game is that Luigi is just slow, which makes sense because like he's supposed to be the scaredy cat in the mansion. I get it. But um, his slow movement speed could sometimes just feel unfair because there are some enemies that will like rush you to attack you, and some it, it might just be me not being good, but sometimes it really does feel like there's nothing I can do, and like I was just gonna get hit no matter what. Yeah, because I'm slow. I'm like, eh, you know, this kind of sucks. <laughs> um, but my bigger problem though with the movement speed is that there's a lot of backtracking involved, like a lot throughout the mansion. Like you'll have to go upstairs and then go all the way downstairs and then go back upstairs again. And uh, there's no like there's no real quick way to get around. Like you just have to walk your way through all the hallways and staircases back and forth. And I I got really tired of that if I'm if I'm being honest. Yeah, uh, that that did get pretty annoying sometimes. Uh, going from like level to level, there was always a set way that you had to go. So like let's say I had to go to the first floor, so I had to teleport back, meaning I had to go through all the way to the back of the house just to go up to the second floor and uh, all the way back to the front of the house to go to the third. So yeah. so it, it was kind of a thing like that. It was kind of annoying, um, especially like seeing the same ghost over and over again try to hit you with the same stuff. I eventually just figured out I could just run past him. <laughs> yeah, I, I was glad that I figured that out when I did because otherwise I would have just wasted so much time. <laughs> but what's annoying is that some of the ghosts, like some of the ceiling ghosts, that come down and like clap in your face. They, they, yeah. I don't think they can even hurt you unless you've like literally run into them. <laughs> so it's like there's no point once once they're behind you, just keep going. Yeah, it. They can only get you when like you're like trying to dodge something else, and then they'll stop you mid run, and then the other ghost will keep moving, and you'll get hit. So it's kind of annoying in that sense. And so I, I kind of agree um, on that aspect, but I I still found the game overall decently fun to play. Um, it was it was very fun to try to capture the ghosts, capture the booze. Um, even though the booze had a different kind of mechanic in the way that you captured them, that I, I I really liked the traditional way of like pulling against them. But the booze you just followed around, um, and they would sometimes run into you when you're like trying to keep your flashlight on them. 
So it or not flashlight, your vacuum. So I don't know. That was kind of weird, but I did enjoy catching all of the booze um, and hunting them down. Yeah, the booze could go from room to room if you didn't uh, suck them up quickly enough. So some of the ones that had like 200, 300 HP, um, I would just chase them back and forth between the same two rooms because they'd keep escaping. (laughs) And it's possible I was doing something wrong. Um, And in fact, it's very probable that I was doing something wrong. But in those cases with those uh, high HP booze, I was just like, man, this is getting pretty annoying, like having to chase them down back and forth between the same two rooms. Yeah. So one last mechanic, like specific mechanic that I want to talk about is uh, the elements that you can get. So uh, your vacuum can not only vacuum stuff, but it can also uh, expel stuff. At different points in the game, you will get access to a fire element, a water element, and an ice element. And so you'll be able to suck up little like spirits that embody those elements. And then you can shoot those elements out to, like for example, if a door is on fire and you have water, you can put it out. Um, there are ghosts that are weak to certain elements, and you have to hit them with that before you can vacuum them. And there are also some bosses, like the the Boo boss, Boolossus. <laughs> Sounds like a weird word to say. Boolossus. Uh, Boolossus is weak to ice, and so that's that's another part of the game in which the elements become very important. But overall, I felt like the elements were kind of uh, kind of gimmicky. Didn't feel like they were adding too much substance to most of the game. Um, but it did give you a new way to interact with stuff, so that at least was nice. Yeah, they like you had to use it to figure out some puzzles, and I thought that was the best use for it. Yeah, I agreed. It's like to interact with your environment. Like there were some booze that you had to use it on, or like I, I keep wanting to say booze, but like ghosts. The, there's a difference between booze and ghosts, which is kind of weird. But yeah, no, in interacting with your environment, I found it to be really, really beneficial and really fun. Yeah, and, and the game never really like. It was never mean to you by making you use an element that was like really far away. You know what I mean? Like you never had to backtrack the whole mansion to get an element that you needed for something. It was always mm-hmm. pretty accessible. So that was at least uh, kind of them to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. For the most part, I feel like there are one or two instances where I was like, "All right, I got to go back and get the ice." Yeah, but I kind of wish there was more elements. I don't know why, but I wanted lightning to maybe control like some power. I don't know. We're watching too much Avatar, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Earthbending. Um, but another mechanic I liked that we haven't talked too much about is the flashlight. Um, I like how you can like just kind of flicker it on and off like a real flashlight, which is kind of interesting <laughs> and fun. And then um, besides the maneuverability, I think it was pretty cool in that you could like turn it off and then like surprise a ghost like right in their face and be like, ah. And then you get them, and that's how you primarily get the tougher ghosts is that you'd surprise them. So I found that extra bit of mechanic to be really cool. It did. It wasn't just you sucking up ghosts. They added another um, aspect to the gameplay that was pretty important. Yeah, using the flashlight, it's, uh, it's certainly critical to it because if you scare or if you flashlight a ghost from too far away, then you actually won't be able to catch them. And that's something that took me a little while to figure out. And uh, before I figured it out, I was kind of mad, like, "What not this working? But then I figured it out, and I was like, oh, it, the game kind of tells you at some point early, like, hey, if you surprise a ghost right in their face, it'll be better. And uh, it's good advice, because it works. And uh, I do agree, it's a fun little layer of challenge that they added to vacuuming the ghosts, which definitely would have been, like, way too mundane without it. Yeah. Luigi's just going around, flashing everybody. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> Come on, Luigi. Um, overall, I... I feel bad saying this because I know this game is really popular, but 
I didn't enjoy the gameplay all that much, to be honest with you. I, I found most things in the game to be a chore, hmm. especially all the backtracking and especially the like uh, rapid stick movement mechanic to reel in the ghost. I found that to get really tiresome. And like overall, the gameplay didn't compel me to keep playing the game. But I do think that they did some things well. It's just that maybe it wasn't for me. Maybe it wasn't what I was in the mood for these past couple of days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I uh, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it doesn't seem like a game I enjoy, right? It was very slow paced. It was very like, I don't know. It wasn't like crazy or anything. But for some reason, and I think I think once we get into the other sections. Uh, this will kind of come into play more, but for some reason, I didn't have too bad of a time just running around throughout the mansion, which I found to be extremely interesting. And looking at all the different characters, and searching down all the booze, and going to every room to see what was in every room. Somehow, I found that to be okay. I did not like uh, most of the control scheme, especially with the flashlight. And like you said, the camera was just at a bad angle. Um, but yeah, I wish. I also do wish there were more customizations, as I said to the control schemes um but overall i uh i really liked it i loved uh fiddling that stick to uh get the ghost in your vacuum i uh i thought it was pretty fun it's like fishing but even though i don't really like fishing <laughs> see i, I kind of like that aspect i don't know why <laughs> it's just kind of crazy because i didn't expect this to be a game that i liked right and I and it ended up I ended up kind of enjoying it a little bit. It's not the most insane game ever, but hey, <laughs> this is the one right here. My insane game. <laughs> My insane game. It's this one right here. It's this one. So I uh, think it's about time for us to talk about those scores. You want to give me your score? Yeah, I uh, I gave it an eighty-three. What'd you give it? I gave it a seventy-five. Hmm. Not too great. Um, I I think, and I I already said that I didn't enjoy the gameplay too much, and that I I definitely rated the gameplay higher than the amount I enjoyed it. Because I, I do think it was smart. I think it's a smart game. I think they did stuff that games hadn't done before. And uh, it was a launch title, so it's kind of automatically a pioneer anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I... The gameplay for me is like... I just didn't enjoy it that much. Like, I would sit down like, oh, I have to play the game now because I have to review it for the show. You know, <laughs> like, it wasn't like the gameplay kept me interested. Yeah. And for me, that's like the opposite of, say, Donkey Kong Country, where like the act of playing the game literally, like moving the character with my fingers, is a lot of fun. And this game, I mean, it's, it's obviously a whole different type of game, but maybe I'm learning like that's what I like, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And these slower games like Luigi's Mansion maybe are not for me. Um, one thing I'm thinking about when you were talking about how you enjoyed exploring the mansion, all that stuff, I wonder if that is kind of related to your love of Banjo Kazooie and the kind of like, all the fun little characters that game has and like the collect-a-thon aspect of it. Yeah, I think it really played to that aspect. Now, I will say, and we'll get into this later, that the collectibles weren't that great as they were in Banjo-Kazooie. But yeah, overall, it was the exploration aspect and each of the like areas that you went to was really interesting and really like kind of cool to interact with. Um, and I think it's okay that you don't like enjoy it as much as other people and nobody has to enjoy... Luigi's Mansion. It's not for everybody. And, you know, I think it completely makes sense. And, you know, I kind of rated Donkey Kong Country gameplay kind of low. And I rated this one kind of a little bit higher than you'd probably expect. So it's it's all a matter of opinion. That's what we do here. 
it's just a matter of opinion. And that's the good thing about our show. Getting the opinions out there to the people. Yeah, and I really enjoyed your perspective. That was pretty pretty neat. I, you brought a lot of things to my attention that I didn't really kind of realize. Well, I probably realized, but didn't think a whole lot of. So Yeah, I was looking forward to this because I, I figured that I kind of assumed that our opinions would differ, but I, I didn't really know what you were going to think of the gameplay in particular. I think I have a good idea what you'll think about the next few sections, <laughs> but the gameplay was the one where I was like, you know, I don't know what Kevin's going to think. I was <laughs> yeah, it was kind of the one that was kind of up in the air when I was going back over it. I was like, how am I going to feel about it when I'm thinking about it critically? But I'm, I'm pretty okay with my answer. Uh, pretty confident. Yeah, I am as well. So 75 for me, 83 from you, I believe. Yeah. So uh, having said that, Let's move on to everyone's favorite section, aesthetics. Aesthetics. So, um, we're starting out with visuals, and young Pete Boy, why don't you, uh, why don't you hit us up with some uh, young, young visuals? I would love to. Visuals? I think they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. All right, next, next segment. Visuals, I think, are pretty good. Um, again, launch title definitely showing off the capabilities of the GameCube. There's a lot of fun lighting that's going on. Uh, the flashlight's the most noticeable part of that, obviously. Um, most of the, most of the mansion, whenever it's in like haunted mode, so to speak, um, you know, it'll be really dark and you won't be able to see except for whatever your flashlight is uh, pointed at. But then, whenever you clear an area of ghosts, it becomes unhaunted and the lights come on and you get to see all the all the detail that they. That they put pretty lovingly, it looks like, into this game. I mean, the environments look really detailed. Um, all the rooms are different. They're all like distinct rooms. Like, you know, you have the kitchen, you have the bedroom, you have the parlor room with all the music instruments, you have like the cold storage in the basement. Like, you know, they all are very distinct. Mm-hmm. And that certainly helps you to, it helps fuel the exploration, like you were talking about. Like, I, I kept finding myself saying, okay, what? what rooms haven't I been in yet? Like, I'm trying to think in my head, what rooms would a mansion have? <laughs> and then I'd go into the cold storage, like, oh shit, that's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, here's a new room for me to look at. Um, so between that variety and the lighting effects, there's definitely a lot of like, a, what was, I'm sure, eye candy at the time going on, like stuff that was visually impressive. Yeah. Um, did you find yourself, to that point, did you find yourself uh, like, Every room that you went to that had like cloth, did you did you like rip all of them off? Because I did that in every single room. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, because you would uncover like mirrors and you would uncover tables and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I thought that was really funny. They had cloth physics, and I was reading online, and somebody was like super hyped that they had cloth physics. Cloth physics. It's like, oh, you could pull the cloth into the vacuum. I was pretty impressed when uh, because you can do that in the very first room and the uh. The foyer, yeah, um, to reveal that mirror, which also then teaches you about the mirror teleporting thing. So that was a pretty cool little yeah. double whammy of mechanics right there. Um, but yeah, two quick certainly ones. two quick ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, but back to the visuals, uh, I will. One critique that I have is that the mansion from the outside looks awful. Like if you're <laughs> like coming up to it, like when there's that little cutscene that Luigi's like coming up to the mansion. It's like it looks like a 2D texture. I don't know if it's like the angle that it's in, but it it kind of looks awful. <laughs> yeah, not not the strongest way to show off your uh your groundbreaking game for this new system. <laughs> yeah, and I get that it's like it's supposed to be a haunted mansion, but you could have made it like aesthetically cool and I don't know. I think in the next game it's like very obviously 3D. But um I do like all the 3D modeling that once you get inside the mansion, they really show off the console's new capability, 
with all their graphics on the GameCube, which was heavily praised. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty for like all the extra bit of work they put into the intricacies of every bit of that mansion uh, really made you feel like, you know, like you were there. It, it really gave the game its feel. Yeah. I think the aesthetics in general are like the defining factor of this game. One critique that I did have, and I, I kind of, I forgave this critique more um, when I learned that this was a launch title, but I found that in the cutscenes, the, the animations of Luigi himself, like all of his expressions and emotions, they look really <laughs> stiff, I feel. Yeah, to that point, I was gonna, I actually wrote down into my notes. Um, some of the character modeling was, was a bit off and didn't look quite right. There's like, uh, like Bowser Toad and uh, Professor Egad and even Luigi, like, you know, they all, they all look pretty okay, but there's just something about, I think it was their faces. And I think there was something like, like maybe they just weren't good at doing faces yet, but I, they just <laughs> weren't quite right. They were just kind of misshapen, especially like the, the non-boo ghosts. I felt like their faces were really weird, and they ended up changing them completely in the next game. It's interesting that you say that because for me, I really enjoyed the way that the uh, that the portrait ghosts all looked. I really thought that their characters were like, they're all interesting. They're all again very distinct from one another. Each of them was like. You know, this one's the the buff uh, bodybuilder, and this one's like the old granny. Um, they're very distinct, and uh, very, they're they're caricatures basically, which was cool. Um, so, so the, the models themselves didn't bother me. I think what bothered me was the uh, the animation, like for uh, not for the ghosts, uh, really. I think they were fine, but for me, it was like Luigi's animations and the cutscenes, and like Professor Egaz animations and Bowser's animations in the final fight. Um, all that stuff, like. It it looks like they moved too slow. Yeah, like Luigi, like Luigi would look around in fear, and he would be like turning his head really slowly to the left, and then really slow. To, and it's like it, it looks really uncanny valley. Like yeah, it looks like it's supposed to be real, but it's really not. You know, <laughs> I watched this YouTube video of the game, and they they did it in like high resolution graphics, and it was kind of stuttering. But they someone in the comments put if you speed this up by two times, this is what the game would look like at 60 frames. And so I did that, and I was like, oh my gosh, this game looks a million times better at 60 frames per second. <laughs> Speaking of frame rate, Ooh. everyone's favorite topic. Um, so one thing that was kind of interesting is that the uh, the gameplay and almost all of the cutscenes are at 30, or 30-ish, I noticed. Yeah. Um, but then some of the they're not really cutscenes, but like when you go to unlock a door or when you try to open a door but it's locked, um, it's kind of funny they reuse the same cutscene for those like throughout the whole mansion, <laughs> no matter where you are. Yeah. But um, those to me look like they're at a higher frame rate than the rest of the game. I'm pretty sure that they are, which is pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. I would I would expect that like the gameplay would be 60 and then the cutscenes would be 30 because that's kind of what the what the tradition has been for games like this or from this time period. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's just a pre-rendered video. <laughs> yeah, that they somehow showed at like 60 FPS. Yeah. Um, and frame rate usually is not something I care too much about. I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but you and I have talked about this uh, off the air for sure. Um, but for me, it's really weird to see a Mario game on the GameCube in like 30 frames per second. Um, I get that it probably has to do with the launch title and maybe they didn't know how to optimize everything as well as they could for games like Melee. And uh, also there's a bunch of lighting physics going on, or lighting uh, effects going on. So I'm sure that it took up a lot of processing power. But 
like to me, 30 FPS looks cinematic because it's closer to like the 24, 25 FPS of like most movies. Mm-hmm. So to see a Mario game, like such a cartoony game that like is supposed to be campy and goofy in that like theatric looking 30 FPS, <laughs> it's kind of weird to me. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. The game, it does feel kind of slow and looks slow, which is a weird thing to say. Um, I agree with you there. I think there were some times where it's like, okay, like, you know, like the running animations, like, and I know they intentionally made Luigi slow, but he does like kind of trot fast. But in those like cutscene moments, everybody kind of like moves slowly, and that's probably because like technology back then. I mean, what this game was out in like two thousand one, yeah. So um, it it might have just been like the capabilities back then. You know, obviously being a new console, things like that. So I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, but because of that reason, for it being the 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 technology at the time and the their first foray into it, really. Um, I, I can't fault it too much for things like that that are more of a technical nature. But um, as we say, we do try to bring in a modern perspective as well when we're doing these reviews. So for anyone who's playing the game for the first time like us, it's probably going to be kind of jarring. Yeah. There are a lot of animations in the the mansion itself that were pretty cool. If overall, the every like character's animation wasn't crazy. Um, I did like the animations of sucking them up, I think. I think that was pretty cool. Other than that, I think you know that's really all I have to say about uh, visuals. Kind of more than I expected us to say, but <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I always bring the heat in the visuals. Yeah, that fire. What do you uh, would you rate those young visuals? Eighty-five. Whoa. What? I also gave it an eighty-five. Yo, when's the last time we got the same score on something? Probably not that long ago, but. <laughs> <laughs> It was in Chopper Tech. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally last episode. Cool, that's pretty cool. We are on the same opinion of this. And I kind of felt that when we were talking about it, so... Yeah. That's cool. Well, moving on to the audio. Uh, I'll take us off here. I'm going to start by saying I freaking love the audio in this game, man. This game is like... I didn't expect it to love the audio so much going into it, but man, man do I. I love the main theme. I love the soundtrack. There's a lot of like super catchy like tracks that they have. And I think a lot of them like Chris would like do his stereotypical whip and nay nay. Like the <laughs> mini one that he does where he like puts out his little arm and he just like does a fist and then puts his two fingers down. It's really funny. But yeah. Yeah, no, this the soundtrack's amazing. You know, you guys know that I love sounds. Sounds are amazing in the game. Uh just like Luigi's like Humming as he's just walking through the mansion, like <laughs> the voice acting in general is super good. Like, yeah. props to the main man Charles Martinet or Martinet Martinet. Uh, he he really knocked out of the park with this one. Like the humming from Luigi, especially when he's doing the scary humming or the scaredy cat humming, rather. Yeah. And he's like he's like <laughs> like you know he he has his little like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, I got it down, um, man. Yeah, but th- that's just so funny. And then whenever you've cleared an area and it's all bright and cheerful, he'll start whistling instead, which is fun. Um, yeah. Oh, we're missing the the one thing where you can press the A button. And you go Mario, <laughs> Mama Mario, and there's like <laughs> ten different Mario's. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I love that, man. And then it's like pitter pattering of his feet. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Dude, yeah. I have something to say that I think is going to blow your mind. What? Uh, well, first, I need to give it the context. Your okay. mind will be blown shortly. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, on the note of the music, I totally agree. The theme, the theme is catchy as hell. Um, I think that audio is like one of the areas where the game definitely shines, as you said. One really cool way that they treat the music is by having really just the one main theme throughout the whole game, really. But they vary it up in the menus and like the Game Boy horror makes like a sort of chiptune version of the main theme. Yeah. And then in the in the main game itself, the uh, the theme will play like with all of its instrumentation when you're in certain like parts of it, like in the main hallway when it's still in spooky mode or in the back courtyard, like it'll play the whole theme with all these different instruments. But then when you go into a different area, maybe Luigi will just start humming it in a scaredy cat fashion, you know, by himself. And then if you go into a bright area, then it'll start doing the happy whistling instead of the scaredy cat humming. Yeah. So really, it's like it's it's cool that they vary it so much with the location. Yeah. That's tr- certainly like really dynamic and brings a whole lot of life into what otherwise would have been really annoying if it was just the same music loop the whole time. <laughs> but the part that's going to blow your mind, that's exactly what Grant Kirkhope does in Banjo Kazooie. Whoa, you're right. Like, I mean, I knew that, but at like the same time, it's kind of like, yeah. It's probably why I like it so much. Not only that, but I think that the like the actual theme itself, from a musical composition standpoint, I think it sounds like something that Grant Kirkhope could have written. Yeah, like I can picture the song being in Banjo Kazooie, no problem. Yeah, I kind of agree. That is kind of mind blowing. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, and I think this game has a lot of banjo elements. So maybe you're right in that. That's kind of the reason why I might like this game. Yeah. Um, I, this game is just banjo kazooie, man. Yeah, yeah, pretty much at a slower banjo kazooie, slower pace. But um, yeah, I was gonna say to one of those points that you mentioned, there is a lot of audio cues in the game for when something happens, and I think that really kind of works for this game. Yeah, especially being in a haunted mansion where you're like, okay, a ghost just appeared, or there's a ghost in this room. Like the ghosts also hum along with you if they're in the room. Like, yeah, that's true. So and then like when you spot them or they hit you or they're getting sucked up, um, they all make different kinds of noises and there's a lot of different audio cues for different situations. So I think that's really cool, uh, especially since they probably didn't have. Well, I know for a fact they didn't have that a lot of that in '64. Like as much audio capability as they did at the GameCube, they were able to increase that exponentially, and I think they really took advantage of that and kind of drove it home. I agree. My favorite uh, sound effect aspect is how every single every single type of ghost and every single portrait ghost has unique sound effects. Like none of the, I don't think any of the main ghosts ever have repeated sound effects. Like the old grandma has a different sound effect from the uh, bodybuilder who has a different sound effect from the pianist, and it goes on and on. And there's what like thirty or so of them. Yeah, uh, something like that. And they all have their own unique sound effects. And then even the uh, the little like regular enemy ghosts. That I love all their different like like some of them like sound kind of female and some of them sound kind of male and some of them sound like more uh, like more nasally kind of like they, yeah. they they gave all they gave all of those ghosts different personalities not just from the way they look but also from the way they sound and that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree. I love the characters in the game. And then Professor Egad is like <laughs> again very banjo. <laughs> yabba yabba. Yeah. There's a lot of yabba yabba I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> I think one pretty funny thing in the game uh is how they have like the main dramatic but still campy like spooky theme that plays during most of the gameplay, 
But then, like, when you talk to Professor Egad, they have the kind of, like, hip-hop Game Boy remix. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just fun how they, like, the contrast between those two is pretty cool. And it's a recurring theme, too, because, like, in the credits, you have kind of, like, a hip-hoppy, funky sort of rendition of it. And, like, pretty much any situation other than, like, actual in-game stuff is, like, hip-hoppy, and that's kind of just silly and fun. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. All of it. Love it all. So, what did you... <laughs> I think that's about time for our score. If you could quantify your love for me right now, that'd be great. Uh, quantify my love for you? Well, I meant the audio, but if you want to just, like, text me how much you love me in numerical terms later, that would be... Okay, great. hold on. Real quick, let me text you. All right. Um, but no, <laughs> I'm going to quantify my love for the audio in the form of a 97. Hot damn, dude. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's up there, man. You're going to be surprised <laughs> and probably not pleased by this. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I, I gave mine an 85. Peter, no! <laughs> no! No! Don't try it. <laughs> Don't try it. <laughs> you were my brother, Peter. <laughs> I loved you. You were supposed to praise the audio, not criticize it. <laughs> not leave it in darkness. Anyway. Anyway, um, yeah, so I think, I feel like I might have underrated it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own the 85 for the time being. I think the reason why I might have not, like, I, I talked a big game about the audio, much like you did, but I still felt like it was a little too limited, like, to the one, I mean, there were other musical motifs as well. It wasn't all just the meh, 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 but, like, most of the game was to the point where it did get like a little repetitive for me. And um, another thing is that it got really annoying after a while running through, like when I was backtracking through the mansion and the same like ceiling ghosts would come down and they'd be like, (laughs) and I'm like, holy shit, I'm just trying to get from one room to like, stop it. You just chill for one fucking second. And like, so here's the thing. This, this is, this is kind of stupid, but, um, I was playing the game wearing headphones, which I don't often do, but it's actually really cool for this game because the audio cues would be to the left or right, you know, when necessary, which is pretty neat. Um, but the thing is, like, with the setup I have, I couldn't control the volume on my headphones mm. um, just because of the way that I have it connected <laughs> to the to the game output. And so, like, when it's, when it got to the point to where nothing new was happening, I was, like, backtracking a bunch. Every time I passed those stupid ceiling ghosts, I would, like, take off my headphones and just prop them, like, <laughs> around my neck so I could still hear what was going on, but it wouldn't be, like, <laughs> in my ear. That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I kind of so, forgot uh, about the ceiling ghosts. But How could you, man? <laughs> You're too rose-tinted by all the other stuff you enjoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... So I, I think the audio was really good, but maybe I, I just would have been happy with a little more variety and uh, a, a few a few moments where they could have made it less obnoxious. I will say, yeah, that's why I gave it a ninety-seven, not a hundred. Yeah, but I still think it's like super strong, super solid, um, amazing soundtrack. I mean, it's not like I could get down to some Luigi's Mansion soundtrack. Let me tell you, especially some remixes that are out there. Ugh. Love that ish. I don't know if I love it that much, uh, hence my lower score, but I, I'm still a fan of it. Just not a not head over heels enamored like your boy Kevin over here. And that's fine. Yeah. Well, time to move on to maybe some other people's favorite segment. Um, cone tent. Take your cones, take your tents, give them all to me. Put it together to make one amazing segment. Also, Peter's like bread and butter. You know I'm all about the content. And for that reason, I will start with the content, if you don't mind. 
Sure. Cool. So uh, according to my new favorite website, howlongtobeat.com, I believe it said that a casual or a leisurely run-through would be like eight hours and a speedy one would be six hours. I'm going to split the difference and say it took me about seven hours to beat the game. And uh, I didn't collect everything. Um, As I said, the gameplay didn't like compel me to keep playing, so I was kind of ready to be done with the game, which feels awful to say, but I mean, it's just really the way that I felt. (laughs) Like... Not gonna, not gonna front on you guys here, um, but still a short game. It's actually, uh, I was reading about this. It was criticized for its short length when it came out. That was one recurring complaint. Um, but I, I don't think it needs to be any longer. Like you, you have your mission. I find all the stuff in the mansion. The mansion is like realistically big. You know, it doesn't need to be any bigger or smaller than it is. And I, I think there's like certainly enough stuff for you to collect that you can do all of it and then be satisfied. And then play the game again if you want to. Like the game encourages you to replay by giving you a ranking at the end of it. Yeah, and uh, you can get that higher ranking by finding more stuff and getting more money. Um, that's actually something we forgot to talk about. Like you can collect dollar bills and pearls and gold coins from like treasure chests or from random stuff that you vacuum. Um, so the game does want you to. It does want you to do that thoroughly on subsequent playthroughs. But yeah, so yeah, I don't really understand what the what the criticism was about uh, back in that back in the day over the short length, because I think the length is fine. Yeah, I think the criticism is that, or at least at the time, probably would have been, okay, if if it was like one of the early releases for the GameCube, it's like, oh, we don't have a lot of time to spend on this. About eight hours and we're done, you know? It's like, okay, well, we don't have many games to choose from right now, so why? <laughs> what are we supposed to do with this game? So I could kind of see it, but um, it does kind of, like you said, encourage replayability a bit. It does have a counter that keeps track how many times you beat a game on a certain uh, save file. And also, as you mentioned, you can get a ranking at the end, which determines what kind of house Luigi gets at the end of the game. And so there's like different uh, portraits of the mansion that Luigi's in in uh, every rank. There is, I think, an S rank. I think it's in uh, the 3DS, the new 3DS version that just came out, which we haven't talked about. But it's like a super duper mansion, and like I think there's like an extra area probably, and that's why there's an S S rank. But um, in the GameCube, I think there's just like an A rank and a B rank, which I got a B rank, which I was pretty pretty surprised by. But uh, I was like, oh yeah, cool. I guess I did play the game as about as thir- thoroughly as I could. But I was kind of disappointed, and I, Peter, I told you about this already, but I was pretty disappointed that I collected all the booze, and the only thing I got was a gem that just gave me more money. So essentially everything that you collect is just about getting more money to get a bigger mansion at the end. What kind of message is this game sending to our youth, Kevin? It, it's, money it's, is not all that matters in the world. Yeah, it's about, life is more than money. It's about collecting booze, like, you know, Stealing them from their home, and trapping them, and imprisoning them. That's what life's all about. That's what it should be about. That's what Luigi's Mansion should be telling the kids. I do see your point, though. I, uh, because I was kind of getting tired of the game towards the end of it, I did Google, like, you know, do you get anything cool? Like, I, I, was, I was thinking there might be an alternate ending or something if you get all the booze, because uh, I got 45 out of the 50. So I was wondering, like, am I really missing out? And then I read, well, if you get all the booze, you get a gold diamond or something that gives you a bunch of money, and then you get a better mansion at the end, and that's it. I was like, oh, cool. So I don't have to... <laughs> I I was like, I hope I don't have to 100% this, and then turns out I totally didn't. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> you know, I can move on with my life. 
Yeah, it wasn't like the greatest achievement, but I actually read once again on some YouTube comments that it was harder to get a low, like the lowest rank, rank H, than it was to get the the highest rank, rank A. Which is kind of funny. Rank H is just a single tint. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And they like, they like, uh, they're like, and they're like, better luck next time. But you beat the game, so it's kind of like what? <laughs> funny because like uh, on the speed runs, you beat the game. Like I was watching the speed runs, and I saw there was a OOB like out of bounds. I was like, oh, this will be fun to watch. And basically, to do everything right up until the the baby battle, the Chauncey, whatever his ghost name is. Yeah, and uh, they clip through the wall after beating that one, and they go straight to King Boo and beat the game in eight minutes. Damn, son. Speaking of King Boo, I actually was kind of disappointed that um, the fortune teller ghost will reveal that Bowser is in the game, uh, like before you actually get to him. Because basically, when you get to the end, spoiler alert for anybody out there, um, when you get to King Boo, he attacks you. He's the final boss, and he attacks you by basically like transforming himself into Bowser. Or like taking over a puppet form of Bowser, kind of, and uh, to me that was really cool because like there's no hint of anything related to Bowser, like no Koopas, no Goombas, none of that stuff. It's all just the ghosts and the boos, and I guess the boos are kind of like you associate them with Bowser, but not nearly as much as you do any of the other enemies. So if I hadn't been told by the fortune teller ghost that Bowser was in the game, I would have been like totally knocked off my feet. Like, whoa, this is really cool. Like Bowser yeah. is. Because he's huge and he's like fighting on the roof, and there's a big, cool, like edgy 2000s fire background going on the whole thing. It's like, whoa. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and the impact of it, I think, was definitely taken away from the, or taken away by the fortune teller telling you, like, oh, I'm seeing visions of Bowser, which itself is cool. But then when you get to the real thing, it's like, oh, I, I kind of knew this was coming. Yeah, she, she serves literally no purpose. Like, she tells you a bunch of stuff you already know by the time you get her the stuff that she needs. And then she tells you Bowser's in the game, and you're like, okay, well, that would have been just nice, a nice surprise. Yeah. But no, yeah, you're right. When, it t- when they tell you, it is kind of disappointing. You're like, oh, okay. You, you kind of wonder yourself, what, what's Bowser doing here? But at the same time, it's just kind of like, okay. And then you don't see him for the longest time because you think you're going to encounter him. I thought I was going to encounter him on the roof, which technically you do, but like before that King Boo battle. Yeah. But no, you wait all up until the King Boo battle. And yeah, it's just a King Boo in a Bowser suit. You don't even battle King Boo, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the idea is really cool. It's just the the teasing of it is what kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, but I think the battle itself definitely epic. Definitely has a yeah, for sure. It was fun. Epic soundtrack, epic visuals. I don't think it's the hardest battle actually. I think that a uh, Boo Lossus was the hardest battle of the game, in my opinion. Speaking of Boos, I loved how a. Uh, I love how the boos had personality in this game. Yeah. Like every single boo, when you run into them, they have some sort of punny name like, uh, <laughs> yeah. shoot. Uh, I, of course, I can't think of one on the spot. Um, oh, Blue Regard was one. Blue Regard. Blue Regard was a boo that had like some snotty, like, you know, just some like snotty upper class personality. He's like, oh, my name is Blue Regard. They don't have voice acting, but you could totally tell that that's what the boo yeah. is supposed to sound like. And then there's just a bunch of them that had all these funny names and. It was like, oh, I don't want to capture them. I don't want to like hang out with them because they seem like cool guys, except for the <laughs> whole like cool guys. trapping my brother thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then all the portrait ghosts also have their own backstories. They're very short backstories, like three sentences, two sentences. And you can see that after you capture them. But the fact that they did that at all was pretty cool because they certainly didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I enjoyed the booze as well. 
I thought that the booze. <laughs> I like, enjoyed the booze as well. The booze in this game was amazing. <laughs> big selection, big variety of booze. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a kind of a vibe that I got from this game, and I, w- I want you to tell me if you if you got this vibe. And it was a vibe that I don't know that everybody picked up on. And I know this is a stigma that Mario creates in other games, but in this game, I felt it, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm playing from Luigi's perspective. But I feel like Mario's kind of a dick. I feel like... So Mario came to the mansion because he had heard that Luigi won a mansion. And so this, this guy decides, well, I can't let Luigi have all the fame. And he wants to beat Luigi to the mansion and kind of what I'm assuming is take it for himself or impersonate himself as Luigi. And yeah, that's how I took it. That's what I think his motive is. But funny for him, he gets locked in a painting and Luigi has to save him. So... I think you're high. I didn't get that at all. You didn't get that at all? <laughs> well, no, because from what I understood, like they were just meeting at the mansion to check it out, and like Mario happened to get there first because Luigi was like walking slower, took a different path or something. No, and I think, Mario like I think he had heard through the grapevine that Luigi had won. I mean, maybe, but that doesn't mean he got there with malintent. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I I think you're grasping at straws here. <laughs> I'm not grasping anything. Mario is evil. We're going to have a poll on Twitter, uh, Yeast Boy style. <laughs> yeah. Um, is Mario a dick in, well, arguably in the whole franchise, but especially in Luigi's Mansion? I think you're wrong. <laughs> Let us know in the polls. <laughs> I'm going to die on this hill. But, um, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, could see, I could see the argument for Mario being, like, selfish or whatever, maybe in general, although I still don't think so. I haven't played new Mario games, so I'm not up to the, the current lore as it stands, but um, I, I don't think Mario is... I don't think Mario's a dick. Mm. Not not even in this game. Anyway, moving on from uh, is Mario a dick, the question of the century. <laughs> actually, speaking of the brothers, that's actually a better segue than I was expecting. Um, it's pretty interesting that they both have written dialogue in this game. Do you notice that? Like, Luigi would... Uh, he wouldn't talk to other characters, but he would talk to himself when he was uh, scanning stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, I'm scared. Oh, it's just a chair. Like <laughs> a little dialogue would appear when he was scanning stuff. And then Mario, I think Mario just said one line. I think he said like, get me out of here when you first see him in the painting. Yeah. Um, but still like that's dialogue that they have that I'm not sure. Like how often do Mario and Luigi like explicitly say anything? Like not very much. I don't think. And so, wahoo. Yippee. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, thank you so much for playing my game. I love that. That's my favorite. Thank you so much for playing my game. Select your player. <laughs> Select map. Select map. So maybe 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 Mario Kart. Hot pickle. Hot pickle. But like actual but actual dialogue though, that's like a full sentence. You don't yeah. really hear them say yeah, that. You're ever. right, you're right. I, I get so, what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Definitely interesting. Well cool. Oh, also one last note for me. Uh, apparently when you beat the game, you have an option to return to the regular mansion or you can go to the hidden mansion. But I was doing some Googling, and I can't tell if there's a difference between the Hidden Mansion and the regular mansion. Oh, okay, so that's what it is. So the Hidden Mansion, well, I don't know anything about the Hidden Mansion itself. So when I said earlier the 3DS version, you could get 
uh, extra points to unlock S tier. It did say to get S tier, you have to have Hidden Mansion. Or you have to do the Hidden Mansion mode, which I, I didn't see, so I assumed it was a 3DS thing. But I guess it's not since you say that. And so if you... Apparently in the Hidden Mansion, there's like extra stuff you can get, and that's what allows you to get like the souped-up mansion. See, my understanding is that in the GameCube version, in any mode whatsoever, the A ranking is the highest. Like, there's no S ranking in the GameCube version, period. To my understanding, I could be wrong, um, but this is kind of nitpicking. I'm not sure. Either way, I don't think the Hidden Mansion adds too much to the content, which no. is kind of like our main our main goal here is to talk about the content. So yeah, uh, we 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 might not we might not know the particulars, but in this case, I don't really think that matters too much. Uh, but fact checkers out there, it's been a while since we asked our fact checkers for help. <laughs> but uh, if you're out there listening to the show, yeah, tell us your facts. We will gladly hear them. Yeah. Um, that's all my specific comments. Did you have any more that you want to add? Nope. Let's get to the ranking. All right. Um, I will go first. I gave content a 75. Wow, you ranked it higher than me. I gave it a 73. Damn, so much higher. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Pretty. Really feeling those two points. Oh. Oh, got me. Yep. So, to give a recap, uh, I gave the gameplay an 83, the visuals an 85, the audio a 97, which rounds my aesthetics to 91, and then content I gave a 73. All this to say, my overall score, drumroll, is an 82.33. (laughs) I'm not too far behind on my overall score, actually, despite some uh, disparities in individual scores. So my recap is gameplay at a 75. Visuals and audio are both at an 85, which means so is my aesthetics. <laughs> yeah. Kept it easy. Uh, content, I gave a 75. So my overall rating is a 78.3, which is just about five points below your score. And uh, our overall IG score is an 80.3. And where does that place it? It places it in uh, 14th place out of 15. It's just above... Well, it's not just above. It's significantly <laughs> above Chopper Attack. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not get carried away here. But it is uh, two points exactly below Tony Hawk's... Pro, uh, sorry, Anthony Hawk's Professional Skateboarder <laughs> for the Nintendo that, 64. That actually kind of pains me, because I feel like, in my opinion, it's better than that game. But I don't... You <sighs> know what? Maybe not. Maybe not. You're crazy. I did rate it higher, maybe. I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and look. Let's see. You actually, you did rate this game uh, 0.9. Oh, no, sorry. I got it backwards. You rate this game 1.1 points above Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Okay, overall. yes. Just slightly. Makes sense. Yeah, and I, I ranked it uh, five points exactly below Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Um, but anyway, one thing, so we were doing number crunching off air as we do now, and we noticed that this is actually the first GameCube game we've ever reviewed. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I I mean, I love the GameCube. I would consider it one of my favorite systems, so I'm pretty shocked, to be honest, yeah. that we haven't done one yet. But uh, fitting enough, it is a launch title, so we're uh, launching our GameCube uh, roster <laughs> with a launch title, so go us. Yeah, and kind of fun fact, this was like an extra episode we kind of threw in for you guys because of uh, Halloween. So we're actually going to be doing 11 episodes this season. And so it's kind of crazy that we just threw the GameCube one in and we didn't already have a GameCube game planned. Yeah. So it's it's by fate that 
we we rated this game. You've met with a wonderful fate, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. You know, the funny thing about this episode is originally we were going to play an actual scary game, and we were going to do so uh, with one of our uh, one of our fans who wanted to be a guest on the show with us. Unfortunately, that ended up not working out. Although I think uh, this particular fan will be a good person to have on the show at a later date. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might discuss that with him if you're listening. We got you, homie. Maybe, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So Kevin and I are both kind of scaredy cats when it comes to like actually scary games yes. and movies and stuff like that. Um, so fun fact: this is a little bonus story for you guys. We were going to try a uh, Slender, the original video game that came out in 2012. Um, my computer is a load of baloney. And uh, sorely needs replacement, but I couldn't really run Slender at like a good frame rate or anything at all. I was struggling really hard, but um, even then, I was still like scared because I was expecting like jump scares for the for the five or ten minutes I was trying to play the game. I was like, oh, I don't want to actually like play this. <laughs> yeah, it's like good thing my computer conveniently can't handle it because it gives me a great excuse. Oh, yeah, I was, I was a little bit not to say that I was relieved, but oh, I was. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a scaredy cat, but I think that's why uh, this particular guest, who will probably be on a later date, um, wanted us to do it because he wanted to see the look on our faces <laughs> or my face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did. Uh, I did find a YouTube playthrough though, so I got to see a little bit of uh, Slender. But uh, anyway, now you guys know the, uh, the the terrifying true tale behind this extra episode of the Interstate Gamers. You know, we're all about giving you the content. Uh, we do have a lot of great games lined up for you guys to uh, close out. Well, not close out. We're still like in the middle of the season. Uh, eventually, we'll close out the season, and it will be good because we will have had a bunch of great games under our belt for season two. We've got some cool things in the works for you guys, so as always, stay tuned to our social media, mm-hmm. which is Kevin's area of expertise. Kevin, what are our social media? On Twitter, we are the IG underscore cast. Our website is theigcast.com. All of our rankings are displayed in a very neat format on games.bigcast.com. Um, you can find us on pretty much any podcasting place. I even put us on SoundCloud for a little bit, like a couple of episodes, just so like if somebody happened upon it, they could find us. Um, but they limit the amount of stuff you could put on there, so it wasn't really successful. But any anyway, um, Facebook, we're also on Facebook. Um I think that's just you can find us at the Interstate Gamers. Um, you can email us at the Interstate Gamers at Gmail. So, yeah, you can really you can find us anywhere. Just look hard enough. <laughs> you don't even have to look very hard. We are uh, <laughs> we do have the top like five or six results on Google now. I'm pretty yes. sure. So go us. Um, yeah, guys, if you want to get in touch with us about anything at all, um, for example, Kevin posed a question earlier on Twitter today about um, it was a question that Chris. Oh, sorry. What actually happened was Kev asked if people had questions they wanted us to answer, and then Chris, our good buddy, uh, very helpfully chimed in. And uh, I think that's a fun thing to do. I think that's something that we could have a lot of fun with yeah. on a subsequent episode. So Twitter, or you can email us if you want at um, theinterstategamers at gmail.com. But if you're, if you're on that modern tip, if you're on that uh, 21st century shit, you're probably going to go on Twitter. So definitely find us there. Um, fellow podcasters who we greatly enjoy include these two boys who have been very faithfully putting our ad in their uh, their shows recently. And uh, I really want to return the favor, but they just won't sit down and record a damn teaser for me. Actually, actually, wait a minute, wait a minute. They do have... Breaking a, news? They do, this is breaking news. This just did in, it, did the it, did Yeasty it, did Boys it. have an ad 
and we are going to play it right now for you. Plays oh, ad. shit. Plays Wait, ad. Do they, re- do they really have an ad? Yeah, they. Aaron was supposed to text you about it, but uh, they have an ad they're going to send you. So the ad's oh. playing right now. Editor's note. We haven't received the ad. Wow. That was a great ad. I, I got it. <laughs> that was a great ad that I will hear when I edit this episode. <laughs> yes. That- <laughs> the future past. Yeah. Oh, man. I think it's time to go, Pete. All right. Well, we, I did want to shout out the uh, Secret Levels podcast before we go. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're cool guys. And uh, we have some things in common. And you'll definitely hear more from us regarding them at some point in the future. And uh, yeah, YouTube boys, as always, I hope you enjoy that ad that I'm sure is really great that I just played for you <laughs> and the future past. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I think this it. episode got off the rails a little bit at the end here, but yeah, here we are. Here we are. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us, guys. Um, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Love you, too. Love you, too. Oh, my gosh. I wrote that down, too. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, it says, love you, too, guys, in big and bold. <laughs> I know you, man. We were meant to do this podcast together. I know. All right. Well, that's it for us. That's it for me. Bye.